One day away, guys. Tennessee at Georgia. Who are the Bulldogs, and how can Tennessee pull off this quote-unquote upset? Tennessee's still a, a touchdown underdog in this football game. How does Tennessee win on the roads between the hedges and Athens? We'll talk about it all right here on a Friday show. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into it. This is your Friday edition of Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know the drill. I'm Eric Kane. I do uh, work over at BallQuest.com. That's the On3 affiliates uh, for Tennessee. And, uh, man, what a showdown we got going on tomorrow. Tennessee and Georgia. It's going to be a big-time football game. Can't wait to discuss all that today. Uh, today's episode is brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is Underdog Fantasy. Okay, so here's the roadmap of the show. We got a lot going on today, so let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to give you a big-time synopsis on who Georgia is, some stats, some players to be on the lookout for, and some key matchups in segment one. Segment two, my buddy and my new co-worker, Grant Ramey, now of VolQuest.com, is going to come on. Talk about his new role at VolQuest.com and, of course, give his take on Tennessee and Georgia. And then number three, Mike Griffith of Dog Nation will give a scout behind enemy lines of the Georgia Bulldogs. All that and more coming up here today on Lockdown Balls. But real quick, quick announcement. Going to try something new today. I kind of teased it earlier in the week. I decided I'm going to do it for sure. Hey, set your alarms. Set your calendars. Today at noon Eastern. Today, Friday, at noon Eastern, I am going to go live on the Locked On Balls YouTube channel. Never done it. Going to try it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to have a couple of guests that's going to hang out with me to make sure I'm doing this right. So if you want to talk some more Tennessee and Georgia on your lunch break, you know, make time, do it in the cubicle, the office, whatever, noon Eastern, set your, set your reminders. Uh, I will tweet out the link probably Friday morning, um, but easiest way to find me at noon Eastern uh, go to YouTube, type in Locked On Balls, and you'll see us. We'll be going live. So we are going to do that. Really looking forward to that. So let's come hang out at noon Eastern. I'll be answering your questions there as well. All right. Who are the Georgia Bulldogs? Well, it's the number one ranked team in the country. Number three ranked team in the country per the college football playoffs. And it's a team that's really good, right? I mean, it's a, it's a good football team. Sure, it won the national championship a year ago. And uh, there's a lot of people that think that people are just remembering that generational defense from last season, and it was fantastic. I mean, it lost five five first round picks, but it's still really good. Um, I know, I know, kind of the narrative out there is, uh, you know, a lot of people are still giving Georgia the benefit of the doubt from last year, and that might that may be the case. Uh, you know, they've only played, they only have one win that's worth anything, right? It's against Oregon, and that was a good win. But this is going to be a good football team. I mean, there's a, from a Tennessee perspective. There is so much to be confident about, and, and and you should be. You absolutely should be. Tennessee can win this football game. Will Tennessee win this football game? I don't know. I gave my pick yesterday. I, I picked Tennessee to win. but um, And also, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Because I know some of you guys jumped in the comments. I knew it was coming. Uh, but nonetheless, um, it, the Georgia's going to be really good. It's going to be a great environment between the hedges and all that. Uh, Georgia's 8-0, 5-0 in SEC play. They did play 10 quarters of football that – really was not good. Starting with the Kent State game, they won 39 to 22 against Kent State. They barely got out of Missouri with a win 26 to 22. And then the first half against Auburn, 
you know, back on October the 8th, they really didn't look that good, but ended up winning 42 to 10. So they, they had about a 10 quarter stretch in the season where they looked very human, didn't look like the dominant Georgia team that we saw from last year, but you know, that's really the, the, the only bad stretch of football they played still unblemished eight. No, again, five and oh, it's an offense that is second best in the sec, second best in the nation in terms of total offense and scoring or a total offense, at least uh, 41.8 points per game, 530.1 yards of total offense. They average seven, 73, 73 plays a game, 7.2 points, uh, 7.2 yards per play. They throw for 328.1 yards. They rush for 202 yards an outing. They average 5.7 yards per carry. They have 13 rushing touchdowns, 20, excuse me, 13 passing touchdowns on the season, 28 rushing touchdowns on the season. They possess the football for 35 minutes on average per game. They are 52% on converting third downs. They are 89%, eight of nine on fourth downs. They've turned the ball over nine times, six fumbles, three interceptions thrown. They've allowed only 10 sacks, or excuse me, yeah. They've allowed only seven sacks, actually. They've, they've allowed only seven sacks on the season. That offensive line that returned three starters from the national championship team. They have allowed, or they have scored touchdowns in the red zone on 70% of opportunities. I think uh, Tennessee's clip is like 82, or at least it was heading into last week. So this offense is really solid. I mean, again, when you think of Georgia, you think of just a defense. But this offense is really good. Now, when you look at quarterback Stetson Bennett, we all know his resume. We all know his story. Um, finally reaching the pinnacle. Former walk-on left. Junior college came back. Called himself the mailman. Wore a, more a, uh, a mailman's hat when he went to those camps. Got picked up that nickname. Doesn't look anything in terms of the eye test. But, man, you know he just found a way to win and ultimately was paired with the perfect situation and, and won them a national championship last year. So that's a minute was really good. And, and he's been solid this year. Nine touchdowns, three interceptions don't look fantastic. Um, but he completes 67% of his passes. That's a minute's thrown for nearly 2,400 yards already on the season, 2,344 yards. He's also rushed for five touchdowns. That's been something that Josh Heupel's mentioned a couple of times already this week about how he is sneaky athletic, how he is an athlete with the ball in his hands, and they got to keep him in between the tackles. Uh, Stetson Bennett ran for 40 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee last year. He converted on a couple of third downs with his legs, and they're going to bootleg him out. They're going to roll him out. He's really good on the run, so they got to make that a priority of keeping Stetson Bennett inside the tackle box. And they, you know, it's Georgia football. You know, they've got about three or four running backs that you know do a, a whole lot of work. Dejon Edwards leads the way with 440 yards. Uh, he's got what is it, seven touchdowns. Kenny McIntosh is the starter, 332 yards, six touchdowns. He's also the third leading receiver with 29 receptions. Kendall Milton, who's questionable for the football game, 284 yards and three touchdowns. Branson Robinson, true freshman, he's got about 280 yards on the ground as well. Wide receivers, Lad McConkey's, they're you know really their only guy that's you know pretty solid because Ad Mitchell's been out and he's questionable for the football game and he's been out for a while, really since getting hurt in week two. But McConkey, 33 receptions, leads the team, 413 yards, two touchdowns, does have a rushing touchdown as well. But we know it's about those tight ends. We've been talking about it all week. Brock Bowers, athlete, one of the best players in the country, leads the team with 547 yards receiving on 31 receptions, three touchdowns. He also has three rushes for 83 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, football player, Darnell Washington, the biggest human being with a football you'll ever see. <laughs> he is massive. 19 receptions, 332 yards as well. So that offense, it presents a lot of challenges. It does. And we always, we always just think about the defense. 
but that offense is something to behold as well. But defensively, averaging just 10.5 points per game, surrendering on the season, 262 yards of total offense, um, giving up 4.6 yards per play, allowing just 177 yards through the air, 85 yards on the ground. You allow 19 yards to Sanford. That's really going to um, kind of skew those stats a little bit. Florida ran for an SEC high 132 yards against Georgia last weekend, I believe. So there's going to be some opportunities there. I believe Missouri also ran for over 100 yards against Georgia. I think Tennessee can run the football. They only had 55 yards rushing in this football game a season ago. But I think there's opportunity for Tennessee to run the football. We'll see. I think Hinton Hooker as well will have to be big in running the football. Um, it's really good on third downs. Opponents have only converted 32 third down attempts on 111 or 32 third downs on 111 attempts. That comes out to 29%. You talk about stingy, man, that that's fantastic. Um, the defense also has nine takeaways, three recovered fumbles, six interceptions, and uh, Nolan Smith, its best player, will not be in this football game. He might be out for the season with a pack injury. It's a big loss, seven TFLs, three sacks. That leads the team, 16 quarterback pressures. Uh, Nolan Smith is a good football player. Uh, but outside of Nolan Smith, they got a couple of good linebackers as well who will play in this football game. Uh, Jarman, Dumas, Johnson in the middle, 40 tackles, leads the team. You got Small Munden, who's a good player, 29 tackles. You got Brian Davis who will play a little linebacker. He's pretty solid. On the edge, replacing Nolan Smith is Robert Beal. Um, he played a lot of football last year as well, so he's an experienced guy. Up front, they get Jalen Carter back, defensive tackle. A really nice player. Six games, he has six tackles, but uh, he, he can change the way that the game is played oftentimes. He came back last week, made his made his comeback, and um, uh, he was primarily used in pass rushing situations, but uh, he's a good player. He is a really, really good player. And then in the back end, they're, they're kind of young, but they, they do have a little bit of experience. You know, Keely Ringo, cornerback, he was the hero of the national championship game. Uh, he's there at one corner. You got a true freshman starting at, at a free safety of Malachi Starks. He's got two interceptions on the season. Got sophomore Kamari Lannister, sophomore Javon Bullard at the star position as well. So a young secondary to where I think Hendon Hooker is going to have some opportunities to do what Hendon and Jalen Hyde and Cedric Tillman have done this year. So it's going to be a good football game. It's up to, as I've said all week, I said it with the crossover show with Chris Gordy yesterday. I think it's going to be up to Tennessee if it can make enough stops and play complimentary, complimentary football on the defensive side. Because I think this offense is going to be okay. I think this offense can score at least in the 30s. You might need 40 to win, but I think this offense will be able to do just that. So who are the Georgia Bulldogs? Well, they're really good in television when you watch them. They're really good on paper. This is not the national championship team that we saw a season ago. It could win a national championship this year. I'm not saying it's, it won't, but um, it's it's not as dominant defensively. Again, that was a generational, you know, generationally good defense from a season ago. So... Uh, looking forward to a good football game. I think it's going to be a swell of a football game. Grant Ramey is coming up next year, my new colleague over at On3. But first, I want to remind you about um, Underdog Fantasy. Uh, this episode is brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to spice up college football season. Uh, it's really, really fun to uh, play at Underdog Fantasy. I've been playing each and every weekend. You go there in the pick'em section. Go to find this Tennessee-Georgia game. You got some uh, You got some things to pick from, all right? You got to pick a couple of these, but you got Hidden Hooker over under 271.5 passing yards um, in a game like this. Probably going to be the over. Jalen Hyatt, 73.5 receiving yards. 
well, against Alabama, it was a lot more. Against Kentucky, it was more than that. So I like that as well. Also have some things for Georgia. Georgia, Stetson Bennett, 293 and a half passing yards. Brock Bauer, 63.5 receiving yards. Take the over, take the under, and then schedule those together and make your play over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy, it's available to play in 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, not just Tennessee, and decide if they're going to finish with higher or lower than number that's given. One of the easiest fantasies, uh, fantasy games to play out there, and you can win some cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you put in $100, they will deposit $100. You get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, one word. Get in the college football pick'em action today with Underdog Fantasy. It's your Friday edition of Locked on Vols, your team every single day. And, of course, we're talking about the University of Tennessee. Big matchup tomorrow. Don't know if you've heard. It is a top-five matchup between Tennessee and Georgia, 3.30 on CBS. going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, coming on to help break down that matchup or really preview that matchup is my new colleague over at BallQuest.com and on three, Grant Ramey. Grant, what's up, brother? I can't tell if you say it like it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think I would lean toward bad thing. Well, to be honest, I haven't really decided yet. I we, we okay. got to give this a couple of weeks to see kind of how it is. But Jerry, no, Jerry's just still out. Hey, you've been already hard at work over BallQuest.com, posting a ton of stuff, ton of content this week. One of those was the top, you know, five, ten games or whatever between Tennessee and Georgia throughout both the historic, you know, rivalry series. What are some of those outside of 2016? What are some of those key matchups that kind of come to mind between Tennessee and Georgia throughout its history? Uh, 2004, for some reason, is a game that sticks out in my memory. Um, 19-14, I think, was a score. Jason Swain, Brett Smith, Chris Hannon, that, that group. Uh, 2006, Antonio Wardlow on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That one always stands out. Tennessee, I think, got down 24-7. I think they scored 27 in the fourth quarter, something crazy. They won that game 51-33. Uh, the Pig Howard fumble in overtime back in 2013 something about this series the last couple decades I guess it's just always crazy it doesn't really matter where Tennessee's at or where Georgia's at how, how good they are how bad they are it seems like when they get together more often than not there's a crazy score total there's a crazy rushing total there's a crazy instance something happens in the game it's just it's just been wild when you look at this matchup obviously you know Tennessee's having a, a fantastic season got a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback or at least in consideration you know got a Bolitnikoff uh, consideration at wide receiver and Jalen Hyatt's offensive lines play well defense coming off a really nice matchup uh, what do you like about Tennessee in relation to this matchup with Georgia still a solid defense not last year's but still good in this offense it's number two behind Tennessee a lot of people are just like not even realizing that it's a pretty good offense uh, what I like about this team is is their confidence, uh, is their swagger. I mean, they it's just kind of like each week it's the, the spotlight has got a little bit brighter for this group, and it seems like each week they just kind of keep being themselves and, and doing whatever they're going to do. I mean, they're the number one team in the college football playoff ranking, and no matter how many times you say that, it, it's crazy to think about. But, I mean, Josh Heupel told his guys on Monday, like, you know, they're, they're, these rankings are going to come out. You're going to be way up there. Just deal with it like you've dealt with everything else. He doesn't tell them to block it out. He tells them to – embrace it enjoy the journey i think they like the outside noise and on top of that yeah like they're the number one scoring offense in the country uh, their defensive front looked really good against kentucky saturday night their defensive backs looked really good against kentucky saturday night so they've matched this talent and everything they're able to do execution wise on the field 
with kind of this mentality of this group and the confidence of this group off the field. Now there's some other players. I mean, Georgia's good because Georgia has players, but how big of a loss is it for Georgia not having Nolan Smith out there for this game and potentially the rest of the year? I mean, it's huge. Um, that's, that's a huge name. Um, that's a huge stat total that he has next to his name. It seems like every time you look, um, but at the same time, this is Georgia. This is Kirby Smart's defense. This is a, a defense that it's almost like they've drafted over the years, kind of like Nick Saban does at Alabama. They don't really recruit. They draft the guys they want on that defense, and they build some crazy defenses that they've leaned on heavily these last, what, four, four five, six years where they've been in contention every single year. So it does hurt, but at the same time, when, you're, when you've when you loaded classes on top of each other like Kirby has, you just kind of go up to that next man up and, and see if he can get after you. But for Tennessee, I mean, you'll take all the help you can get. Experience, I mean, they're battle-tested, but – you have a safety in Christopher Smith. You do have a true freshman in Malachi Starks at free safety. And you got sophomores Keely Ringo, who made a play in the national championship, uh, Kamari Lannister, and then Javon Bullard at the star position. A young secondary going up against a 24-year-old quarterback who's playing better than he ever has. I like that for Tennessee, and I like that for Hendon Hooker. I like it, too, because it feels like right now you could you could put a Hall of Fame NFL defensive backfield across from this Tennessee offense, and it feels like the opponent just cannot figure out this stacked receiver formation where Jalen Hyatt, not only does he get open, there's nobody within 20 yards of him downfield. Uh, just the way, I don't know what they've seen scheme-wise, how they've been able to develop this. I don't remember them using it a ton last year, but it feels like regardless of who's across the ball from them, they're going to figure out a way to get open. I mean, if you can beat Alabama deep five times, that Alabama secondary that Nick Saban takes so much pride in and works every single day in, I don't know who you can't beat deep. And and not only that, it was on film five times, and Kentucky somehow managed to get a linebacker matched up on Jalen Hyatt uh, for a couple of those plays Saturday night. So I don't I don't really know if it matters who's across the field from you. I got to see somebody stop it to believe somebody can stop it because at this point nobody has. It's going to be fun. Tennessee and Georgia, we've been talking about it all week. It's coming up tomorrow, and I think everybody that likes football – is going to be doubted. I mean, the, the ratings on CBS are going to be through the roof, so it's going to be fun. But, hey, as I mentioned, Grant, you're uh, you're over at BallQuest.com now. You're with me and Brent Hubbs, Austin Price, Rob Lewis, um, and already you've, you've churned out about 20 things on the front page. Uh, why the decision to come uh, to On3 and join us at BallQuest? I know a lot of people at On3 uh, from my past, people that I respect, people that I, I felt like I needed to stay loyal to once I was given this opportunity. Uh, Brent Hobbs is one of those people. I mean, this feels like, you know, uh, throwback Thursday a decade ago, I was working for Brent. He gave me a freelance opportunity. It was 2012. It was the Derek Dooley uh, flame out season. It was a, a very different set of circumstances uh, to what's going on here 10 years later. Um, but he paid me more than I deserved. He gave me an opportunity bigger than I deserved. So uh, when I was, you know, when this kind of came, was put on my plate, I knew I kind of had to take it into consideration and, and think about stuff like that. So, uh, it's a big opportunity. I'm, I'm excited to get going, excited to get to work, and, and it feels like old times. Yeah, like what you're saying right there, and what and you actually wrote something on this your first day on Wednesday. Um, you know, Brent Hub's giving you an opportunity, paying you way more money than you deserve just to do something so small. Now, I can relate because that's how I got started as well, man. So he did it for you. He's done it for me. Uh, glad to have you aboard. And so you're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. You're going to be turning out tons of cool stuff on the front page. You're still going to be covering some basketball of course, everybody probably knows you from you know covering Tennessee basketball and Rick Barnes. 
Uh, what else are you going to be doing over at VolQuest.com for us? Uh, I'll fill in wherever you guys uh, need me to fill in. I'm the role player. I'm going to come off the bench. I'm going to, I'm going to do some football whenever football is necessary. I'll be around uh, basketball. I started covering basketball full-time uh, the season that Rick got hired at Tennessee, so 2015-16. So this would be the eighth season, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I've been hanging around there too long to not keep hanging around there. I'll do baseball in the spring if I need to do baseball in the spring. You guys just tell me where to go. I'll show up. Grant Ramey, give him a follow on Twitter. He's at Grant Ramey. He loves The Office, and he's a new teammate over at VolQuest.com. Glad to have him. Grant, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome stuff there from Grant Ramey. Really looking forward to seeing what all he's going to do at VolQuest.com. And again, $1 for one year if you want to check it out. You can read all of Grant's work over at uh, VolQuest.com. Hey, uh, coming up next here, Mike Griffith, Dog Nation. Really looking forward to catching up and learning more about the Georgia Bulldogs uh, that's right now here on Locked On Balls. Mike, I want to get your thoughts first on Tennessee being tabbed number one in the college football playoff rankings. Tennessee's at one, Georgia's at three. It just it keeps adding some more excitement for this matchup coming up on Saturday. Yeah, battling number ones, right? You got the AP, you got the coaches poll. Now you got the college football playoff committee. I mean, I think that what the committee does is a little bit different in the sense that they look solely at this year. They don't look at any intangibles. They don't take into consideration – what Kirby Smart and many of these players did for Georgia last year. And, you know, I think, you know, the common person goes, well, yeah, that matters that Stetson Bennett has played in a championship game or, you know, that Georgia's proven, you know, that, that they can, you know, withstand a, a whole season and, and be number one. Uh, but by the rankings directives, I mean, Tennessee is number one. I mean, you look at they do have more impressive wins and the offensive numbers are impressive. Josh Heupel is kind of kept the throttle down and run up the score on some teams so that the statistics are through the ceiling. And, and that's how you build a resume, right? I mean, uh, this is what the committee has to work with is total offensive rankings and scoring rankings. And, you know, some of these lopsided scores we've seen Tennessee run up on some of these teams. So I think Tennessee's earned the college football playoff rankings number one spot. Mike, tell me about Georgia. I mean, I know we can we can watch them on TV. We can see the we can see what's on paper. What's different about this Georgia team from last Georgia team? Still a very good football team. Yeah, well, I mean, they lost five first round picks off their defense, and now their leading sack guy, Nolan Smith, is out for the year. Uh, he's another first round pick. So uh, they did return Jalen Carter, who's a, a very good interior defensive lineman that could potentially disrupt Hendon Hooker, tips and passes, move the pocket. Uh, Josh Heupel's very well aware of number 88. The secondary's better, and it needs to be because they get tested more often. They're not going to get the same amount of pressure that they did last year. I want to say they might have had uh, five or six sacks in last year's game against Tennessee. I don't think you're going to see that big of a number because those players are gone. Um, the guys that have come in are very good, but they're still growing. They're young. Uh, this is very much a reloading season for ten or for Georgia, and and frankly, to see Georgia number one in the polls, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a surprise. Typically, teams don't have 15 guys drafted into the NFL and lose another 13 to the portal, and and still stay unbeaten halfway through the next season. Offensively, uh, Stetson Bennett has improved. The offense is built more around his skills. It's a shorter, more of a West Coast pass game. I anticipate the Vols are going to really crowd the line and challenge Stetson to go deep. They're without their leading receiver, A.D. Mitchell. He's been gone uh, since the second week of the season. It'd be very interesting to see if he comes back. Um, but the tight ends are dangerous. Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, and certainly Tennessee very well prepared and well aware of what the, the dangers that those tight end mismatches bring. 
what's going to be the answer for Nolan Smith? Uh, is it going to be a couple of guys that can do some different things in terms of scheme or whatever to try to overcompensate? How are they going to try to answer for the loss of Nolan Smith? Well, I mean, Robert Beal gets plugged in. You know, Robert, interestingly enough, Georgia lost their sacks leader last year after the Florida game, Adam Anderson. And Robert Beal was a, a fifth-year senior uh, who got plugged in and ended up leading the team in sacks. Now, this year his sack numbers aren't as high, but he's still on the team. I think he's not, now he's a six-year guy like Stetson, and and he gets plugged in. So, once again, Robert Beal being asked to answer the call. Uh, not the talent that Nolan is. I mean, very few people are. Nolan was the guy that could – you know, really track quarterbacks down. And, and this is a big break for Tennessee and Hendon Hooker uh, because of his pursuit skills, uh, really maybe unparalleled, maybe other than, uh, you know, Alabama linebacker Will Anderson, nobody else in the SEC really with these kind of pursuit skills. So I think Georgia's still solid there, but they lose that edge of greatness that they had at the position. Tell me about this offensive line. It's uh, much, much, much better than the offensive line Tennessee saw last week in Kentucky. Though, uh, injury question with uh, uh, Mims, at, uh, he plays left tackle. Is that correct? Uh, he's actually a backup right tackle. Um, yeah. He kind of swings back and forth. Their left tackle is as good as anybody in the league. Broderick Jones, he's a former five-star. He's in his kind of came on towards the end of last year. Uh, you know, future first round kind of guy. They have a very good center, Cedric Van Pran. He's ranked among the top three centers in the upcoming NFL draft. They're really big at the guard positions where they have Tate Rettledge and Xavier Truss and, and Devin Willick. These are all guys, you know, 320 to 340, real, you know, people movers. Um, you know, they haven't maybe been as elite as, as we saw with some veterans last year. Uh, but they've really gotten better as the years progress. And the right tackle, Warren McClendon's a, a three-year starter. Uh, he was a freshman All-American a couple of years ago. Very solid guy. Don't think he's necessarily dynamic, but but very assignment sound. So you're not going to see a lot of busts up front. It's an experienced group that's gotten better and better. You mentioned Mims. I mean, he's a second-year player and a five-star and one of those you know guys that you can tell is going to be just awesome uh, and, and is on the brink of awesome. Uh, he, ha he had a sprained knee. Uh, against Florida not as bad as the one that kept Jalen Carter out for a couple games not sure we'll see him against Tennessee but uh, we'll see Mims before long again so you know Mims questionable very much A.D. Mitchell questionable Nolan Smith's mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. what about uh, Kendall Milton he's been out for a, a little yeah. bit I want to say what two or three games what's his status yeah he's got a strained quad Kirby said he was back at practice yesterday um, you know he's obviously a, a, a um, high ceiling back hasn't really had a lot of work this year though really Kenny McIntosh has kind of carried the load we've seen uh, Dejon Edwards emerge a lot of people might remind they might remind him a little bit of Travis Henry runs low to the ground powerful guy stocky guy I'm not saying he's going to have the, the sort of career that Travis Henry had but being a smaller compact powerful guy uh, who can move the pile and then they have a freshman named Branson Robinson uh, I, I guess uh, in the Jamal Lewis mode I mean you, you see this guy he looks like a bodybuilder and Squatting 600, only a true freshman, though. I mean, he's got a ways to go before he hits his ceiling, but there's already been a lot of Georgia fans trying to compare him to Nick Chubb. I mean, that's an awful lot. I don't see that yet, but this kid's got a lot of upside, and he runs hard. Yeah, Tennessee very much involved in that recruitment. So Tennessee fans who follow recruiting know, know who that, that young man is. I got two more. We can be really quick. I know it hasn't happened an awful lot, but teams who have found success in stopping that dynamic tight end game with Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington – what, what what do they do defensively? How do you take some of that threat away? We don't take them away. You get to Stetson Bennett, right? No. You, you got to get to Stetson Bennett. You got to confuse him. You got to overwhelm the line. You got to, as I said, play that press coverage on the outside and and play that press coverage on you know and have some players. I mean, I don't know who the players are, Eric. I don't I, I don't know who the guy is that you say 
you get to cover the six foot seven, 280 pound guy, and you get to cover the six, three, 240 guy that runs like a deer and, and jumps out of the gym. I don't know what your safeties look like. I don't know who gets those assignments, but regardless, you got to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. You got to keep him contained in the pocket. Whereas George is trying to push Hendon Hooker off platform, Tennessee, Florida, these other teams, they want to keep Bennett in the pocket don't let him get outside. That's where Stetson makes his plays. So, and it's it's no secret. I mean, we they've had a whole season of this. I'm not telling anybody thing, anything they don't know. Stetson's better when they move the pocket and run bootlegs and waggles and get him out there in space where he can see the field, you know, as most quarterbacks are, versus in the pocket where maybe his stature uh, changes the arc that he has to throw. I mean, he's a lot of six, five, six, seven guys in the trenches, and it's a little bit harder with the passing lanes and um, more anticipation needed. So I think you're going to see Tennessee try to keep Stetson contained in the pocket, bring some pressure, uh, maybe confuse him with some different looks. And then finally, I mean, on Stetson Bennett right there, what, what is he doing? Excuse me. <clears throat> that is uh, better than last year. How has he improved? And obviously that entire offense has improved because it's number two right behind Tennessee in, in total offense and explosive offense and in the country. It's a good unit. Yeah, they're actually better than Tennessee in first downs and third down conversion rate and red zone offense. But I guess the selection committee only looks at a couple stats. They can choose what they want to look at, and that's and that's fine. You've got to draw the line somewhere. But uh, what he does well, he's improved his throwing. I mean, he's improved his footwork and his mechanics are better. Uh, he's able to make more second-level throws. He's always had a decent deep ball. He's able to kind of pop it up there, like I said last year, you know, Pop, pop a shot, you know, pop gun arm. You think of that pop gun, you know, he can get that arc on it and pop it up there like you see, and it comes right down. Guys like A.D. Mitchell running underneath it. But now Stetson has improved his intermediate throws. Throw him, saw him throw a real nice uh, missile over the middle of that last game on a second and 12 against Florida midfield and, and really just threw a bullet uh, down low to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. Really well-placed ball with a lot of velocity. So I'm seeing more of that from Stetson. He is a better quarterback than he was a year ago. Now, teams are more uh, familiar with him and what George is doing. He's scouted a little bit better, but make no mistake about it. He's shown great improvement. Uh, certainly his experience helps a lot. And he's a guy that can hurt you with his feet. Tennessee found that out last year, and Hypo brought that up. You know, hey, this is a guy that changed the game with some of his runs. So uh, Stetson's got all those things going for him. Um, you know, he, he misses George Pickens, who we had at the end of last year. Uh, he really misses A.D. Mitchell. Uh, if you see A.D. Mitchell out there for Georgia, that's going to be a big boost on Saturday. Mike Griffith, Dog Nation. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, Eric. Thanks, man. Good stuff there from Mike Griffith of Dog Nation. If you want to check out any more of the uh, the work that he's doing in terms of getting ready to, to get to learn more about Georgia before today or tomorrow's kickoff, uh, give him a follow on Twitter and uh, check out his worth at check out his work at dognation.com. Hey, it's been a whole lot of fun. We have gone over my get to know the Bulldogs little series there in, in segment number one. Everything you could possibly need to know about the Georgia Bulldogs. We talked with Grant Ramey of allquest.com. And of course, we just heard from Mike Griffith of the Dog Nation. Been a fun show, but hey, reminder today at noon Eastern, I'm going to go live on the YouTube channel. If it sounds good, I might audio podcast as well. But when you're at work, in those cubicles, in your office, at home, working out, in the car, whatever, if you want to listen or interact or hanging out, if you're in the car, don't interact, you can listen. But um, I'm going to be in there. I'm going to have a couple of guests. We're going to talk Tennessee, Georgia, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun. That's coming up today at noon. I will tweet out the link sometime this morning. But if you don't see that and you want to hang out, you want to take part in it, uh, just go to YouTube.com and search Locked on Balls. While you're there, hit a subscribe and uh, 
yeah, let's do this, guys. Let's have fun. Hopefully, I won't mess it up. Never gone live before, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun with that today at noon. Tennessee and Georgia. Look for my locked on now after the game. We'll see what happens since Tennessee can pull it out and be victorious and go to 9-0. It's a clash of unbeatens. Something's got to give. We'll see if it's Tennessee or if it's Georgia coming up tomorrow at 3.30 between the hedges. Guys, thank you so much. As always, really, really do appreciate it. And uh, as always, thanks for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Uh, make that your second listen. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you find your podcast. Guys and gals, appreciate it. Let's see what happens tomorrow, and uh, you know we'll discuss it all right here on Locked on Balls.